Hi, everyone. Dr. B here again and with Dr. Stacy. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Ask the Dentist. And today, we are going to start a four-part series. These are small bites. We want to keep this simple. Both Dr. Stacy and I are getting bombarded with questions about hydroxyapatite. So we are going to do a everything you've ever wanted to know about it series in four parts. And the last episode, I think will be very exciting. We have an announcement to make. I think it's going to excite a lot of people. A lot of people have been waiting for this announcement as well as we have. We've been working on something for a long, long time, and it will involve hydroxyapatite, but we want to just clear the water here on hydroxyapatite. So Dr. Stacy and I just wanted to sit down together with you, with our followers. A lot of this will be based on questions that we're getting, right? I mean, what the questions we're getting are the same uh, from our followers, right? We're getting, what is it? How does it work? A safety and efficacy. People are very concerned about nano and, and we, we have the answers, right? We're going to just go through it in a very simple way. This will appear on YouTube. So if you have questions, put down your comments below and we will look at that and scan that as well or reach out to us on Instagram. Hi, Dr. B here with a new product discovery that I am very excited to be using now in my daily regimen. Probably the most undervalued aspect of oral health boils down to the health of our saliva. And hydration plays a huge role in our body's ability to produce saliva. The oral biofilm, which supports the oral microbiome, experiences dynamic cycles of D and rehydration due to our choices of beverages, medications we are taking, and even to how we breathe. And for our saliva glands to produce enough saliva, about a liter and a half a day, the body has to be adequately hydrated. After all, saliva is 99.5% water. Saliva also contains sodium, potassium, and magnesium, which activates the saliva and allows it to do its job, and that is to support the oral microbiome. This is why I add these exact minerals in a very specific ratio to my drinking water daily. And the best way I have found to accomplish this is by adding a packet of Element. Make sure your saliva is available to function at its best. Go to the link drinklmnt.com slash askthedentist for a free gift and a chance to sample all of Element's flavor choices. Staying hydrated isn't just about body health or for athletes. It's also for anyone that wants to achieve long-lasting oral health and a healthy and vibrant smile. Again, the link to easy and optimal hydration is drinklmnt.com slash askthedentist. In my practice, I have measured and treated sleep issues for thousands of patients. And one of my easy and immediate recommendations for every one of these patients is to start taking a magnesium supplement. It is well understood that magnesium improves the chances of deeper and more restorative sleep. For me personally and for my family, Magnesium Breakthrough has helped me achieve better scores for deep and REM sleep. Magnesium Breakthrough has been a game changer for my wife and I, many family members. It literally possesses a hallowed spot in our vitamin and supplement drawer. At family get-togethers, we remind each other, do you have enough? Did you bring your mag breakthrough? No exaggeration. Most magnesium supplements contain one to two forms of magnesium. Magnesium Breakthrough contains all seven forms of magnesium like nature intended. Not including all forms makes no sense when efficacy is the desired result. 
Not surprisingly, in today's world, 75% of the population is magnesium deficient. And unfortunately, eating well can't solve this deficiency given today's farming practices. That's why getting all seven forms of magnesium in Magnesium Breakthrough is the ultimate way to give your body all seven forms in one supplement. Magnesium Breakthrough helps you sleep better. It also helps calm your mind and allows you to feel grounded and relaxed during the day and especially before bed, preparing you for a good night's sleep. Getting the correct amount and versions of magnesium as found in Magnesium Breakthrough also helps improve digestion, supports muscle recovery, and supports healthy bone density and even tooth remineralization. So make sure you are not only taking magnesium, Make sure you are getting all forms of magnesium, which ultimately is what our bodies need to function optimally. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com slash askthedentist. Do it now. Your body and brain will thank you. Again, that's magbreakthrough.com slash askthedentist and use promo code askthedentist, all one word, during checkout to save 10%. Restorative sleep is perhaps the most important factor in living a life well-lived. Don't let the quality of your magnesium supplement be anything less than the best it can be. How are you today, Dr. Stacy? I'm great. I'm so happy we're finally doing this. We've been talking about this and planning for this and researching and planning more for what seems like a very, very long time, Dr. Burhana. And here yes. we are. And I'm very excited as well. So it's a it's it's become a very complicated topic, unfortunately. And and we're gonna try and simplify it. There's a lot of concern about it. We have a frankly, I think we have a lot of good news in this four-part series. And this mm-hmm. is something that we are standing behind. It gets rid of fluoride, uh, but we're gonna talk all about that. So mm-hmm. in the four-part series, we'll start off with with what is it? That's today's episode. Mm-hmm. How does it work? That'll be part two. How does it compare to fluoride? That's part of that mechanism discussion. And then number three, a lot of people are going to be tuning into that safety and efficacy. And then number four, what version is best and what toothpaste should we be using? I mean, what what toothpaste do we recommend? Mm-hmm. It is appearing in a lot of toothpaste now. It is, it's a boutique kind yeah. of product, but it's been around for 40 years? Closer to 50. So the history of it is that it was used for medical applications by NASA. So they were finding they were sending their astronauts up into space and we lose minerals in space. And then in 1974, a Japanese company caught wind of this and kind of acquired the proprietary rights. And so that is why we've been seeing hydroxyapatite as the gold standard in many toothpaste in Japan and other countries like Italy since the 1970s, which is really cool. So to many of us, we think this is such a new product, but it's it's been around, it's been studied, it's been used for decades. And, and it's biomimetic. It is right. from... You know, it is what's in our enamel, it's what's in our dentin, it's what's in our bone. It's wow. the major ingredient. 97% of our enamel, 70% of our dentin, and 60% of our bone are made of hydroxyapatite, exactly. um, which many people don't know. And so as functional dentists, we like to use biocompatible uh, ingredients. We like to use things as closest to nature as possible, and that would be hydroxyapatite because that is what your enamel needs when it is lacking minerals. Right. And I, I remember 
when you said biocompatible, I remember my instructor in dental school, it was a French name, Lagasse, I think. And mm. he talked a lot about biocompatibility, but there's one step beyond that. There's biomimetic. I mean, you can use something that is synthetic or not natural, but it is considered to be biocompatible. But yes. then there's biomimetic. And that's what the micro version, we're going to talk about all the different versions. That's what ground up hydroxyapatite is. It is biomimetic. It's already found in the body. So that's a step up from biocompatible. Yes, I agree. And a step up from fluoride. And this will be in a later episode when we really get into the nitty gritty. But, you know, fluoride is not found in our enamel. Right. And so it, it really, by using fluoride, it's it's changing the structure to mm -hmm. a floor appetite instead mm -hmm. of a hydroxy appetite. And many argue that that's actually a weaker form of mm -hmm. our enamel. And so we'll get into that more in future episodes. And a less flattering form as well. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, back to biocompatible biomimetics. So it's not biomimetic. It's not naturally found. If if we just have a child grow enamel and there's no fluoride in there, unless you add fluoride to their diet, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But and then there's biocompatible. The question is, is, is fluoride biocompatible? And there's a lot of news on that as well, including a lawsuit against the EPA and and we're, I think we're going to find that it's not biomimetic. We know that. And it's certainly not biocompatible. But yes, the good news is that we've got something to talk about that can re easily replace fluoride. Yes. Yeah. And the literature is strong behind it being uh, a fluoride replacement, if not more efficacious and more successful for patients than fluoride. And I, you know, I've been personally using it for many years. I know you have too. My whole family uses it, but I've been suggesting it to patients as well for many years. And I can tell you their teeth look better. They right. are healthier. They're disease stables. And you know, what is, what is that? Is it yeah. what, what are the other ingredients in their toothpaste that they're using? Is it the fluoride itself? You know, the oral microbiome is so incredibly important and we do know fluoride is antimicrobial mm -hmm. and so we don't want to be wiping out these microbes, which fluoride will do. And so we're, I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about what we unpack because, again, you mentioned there have been a lot of questions and concerns about it. What is it? I heard this from this person online. I read that from this article online. And we, we've been spending a lot of time getting to the bottom of the research with different types of hydroxyapatite. And that's something we want to talk about today, too are the different types of hydroxyapatite. And there's a micro version and there's a nano version. And the good news is that there is a lot of research and it's not just recent. The research spans decades. It's been around a long time. Um, there are some research papers that, you know, on like zebrafish that are being misinterpreted in the nano version, easily outweighed by 99% of the literature on how it's safe and how it works very, very well. But we're going to get into that when we talk about probably mechanism and is it safe. It's kind of weird to be talking or saying that when if it's biomimetic, of course it's safe, but we're going to talk about it. It's important. So, so what is, let's talk about what is just real quickly. And it's a short conversation because it's so simple. Mm -hmm. It's found in nature. It's found in our heads, in our teeth. What is hydroxyapatite? We talked about it that, as you said, it was 60% of bones, enamel, almost 97, 98% of enamel. And it's also found in saliva. 
Mm-hmm. You know, saliva is just loaded with uh, minerals, and the major one is hydroxyapatite, mm-hmm. and that is there for a reason. We're going to talk about efficacy and and why that is. We're going to talk about why a toothpaste really should be very similar to saliva. An optimal toothpaste would be reverse engineered saliva. In, in other words, it would mimic what saliva does because saliva is the backbone of the oral microbiome. Absolutely. And then is the backbone of repairing your teeth, your body being able to repair its teeth and withstand these moments of, you know, karyogenic damage. In other words, holes in your teeth and your kids' teeth. I like to call saliva mother nature's golden elixir. Yep. We don't we don't give it enough credit. It's incredibly important mm-hmm. for our health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's a naturally occurring, occurring mineral of of calcium appetite, and in so I, I explain to patients it's like a mineral toothpaste, if you will, if mm-hmm. it's in a toothpaste, it's like a supplement. You know, it has calcium and phosphorus, and it's just an easy way to think of it. It's just we're replacing what's missing with with exactly that what is missing and we're supercharging or boosting our saliva in the process to do what it's supposed to do but so many of us now are so mineral deficient Mm -hmm. that we need a boost you know and and we should be doing that in a topical way through our toothpaste and that's where hydroxyapatite comes in right and the majority of our oral care products are doing the exact opposite Mm -hmm. they're trying to knock down the oral microbiome they're not necessarily adding the right minerals to saliva they're altering the pH. Saliva needs a certain narrow range of pH to, to do its job properly. And for centuries, I think, I was going to say decades, but for centuries, we've been really doing the wrong thing. So yeah. a, a lot has to be undone. So hydroxyapatite essentially is a it's a naturally occurring mineral. It's a natural naturally occurring mineral. It's a form of calcium appetite. And, and when it's an appetite, appetite means it's like a globular structure. It's not just calcium. It is combined with oxygen. It's got a hydroxy group. It also has a negative charge to it. And that's how it works. It works really well because the tooth has an opposite charge. And when they're optimally in the same environment like the mouth, this is something that the tooth, anytime you eat something, you need replenishment of minerals with your teeth. And that's why hydroxyapatite is so wonderful. Again, it's biomimetic. It's not just biocompatible. It is already in our teeth. It's just sitting out there in solution in the Mm -hmm. saliva, ready to be brought back in. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, and this is how bone uh, physiology works, uh, we're always losing bone cells. We're gaining, not bone cells, but calcium from bone. That's how we get calcium back into our blood. That's how we get hydroxyapatite back into saliva. It's lost from tooth structure. Yes. So do you want to lose it to an optimal you know, form of saliva or do you want it to be lost in something that is just a, a mix of chemicals and surfactants and emulsifiers? And the question, the answer is obviously no. So, so again, it's a very simple, simple compound. It's basically calcium, but in a form with an OH hydroxyl group, hydrogen. It's, it's really something that is found all over the body and it's mm-hmm. found in nature. And I'll just give you a little hint on this. The best version of hydroxyapatite is found in liquid form. It's made in Europe and it is available in some toothpaste here in, mm-hmm. in the US. Again, you don't want to just add powder to toothpaste, bits of calcium. That's not how it works. That's not how the body does it. 
it's best to do it how this company does it and formulate it in such a way. So again, you have to add water and, and get that negative, that, that negative charge to it as well. So that will be what part four. Yeah, we're going to cover a lot of it throughout, you know, specifically toothpaste and what we think is optimal to use in toothpaste. But, right. you know, something to mention too is a lot of these products that we're using, they're, they're actually drying the mouth out as well. And that's affecting saliva, right. which is that nice elixir that we need. And we need these mineral exchanges because to your point, every time we eat, we do lose some minerals from our teeth, that's natural. And our yep. saliva is supposed to remineralize, but things get out of balance very easily with mm. the modern diet, with mouth breathing, and then with suboptimal products. And so this is where we really love hydroxyapatite to come in is to balance everything out and keep us in equilibrium. Right, and of course in our diet, we can replenish with calcium and then saliva puts it into that little globular uh, fluid form for us. But of course, that's assuming that you're eating the right foods. And that's also assuming that the, our current modern diet has enough calcium in it. And we're not talking about supplements necessarily. Mm -hmm. We're talking yeah. about leafy green vegetables. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll talk a little bit about that, natural forms of it. But that's what toothpaste is. It's a supercharged, very bioavailable, or it should be, version of a biomimetic naturally what's naturally found in into the source for this so that your saliva it dissolves into your saliva and it's always ready mm -hmm. for the tooth when it needs it and that's pretty much as you said after every meal it should be because i don't be. think many yeah. are i no. like to think of it as saliva support you know i think so many people think of toothpaste as all about freshening breath and removing mm -hmm. food that's what i mm -hmm. think most people think our toothpaste does yep. but it really should be helping with the biofilm and the bacteria, but also with supercharging our saliva, as I mentioned. Right. It's not a vacuum cleaner. It's not a disinfectant. It's mm -hmm. not spraying, you know, disinfectant on the countertop kind of concept that does actually that does more harm than good. And that actually promotes the progress of cavity formation, gum disease, bad mm -hmm. breath, halitosis, any form of oral disease, ulcerations, so let's talk about nano and micro. A lot of people get confused, including people that are making toothpaste. So there's there's quite a few definitions about what the ranges are actually, because it's it's a little bit arbitrary how they classify this. And there's rumors that they might be reclassifying right. what designates a nanoparticle versus a micro. But the most common definition I found was that a nanoparticle, nanohydroxyapatite, are between 20 and 80 nanometers, and micro size are between 5 and 10 microns long. And there are toothpaste brands that use one, or they use the other, or they'll use a blend. Um, now, specifically, we are big fans of a company out of Portugal called Fluidinova that's, that is a manufacturing facility that's creating superior quality both nano and micro, you know, right. a nano paste and kind of a micro powder. And this is what the European SCCS, which is like the FDA, has given a thumbs up to based on the research they've done that they're proving that this manufacturing facility and the size, shape and quality of their particles are, are safe and efficacious. And so we, we've we dug deep into this. We get a lot of questions about nanoparticles and this is in a, our next episode is more about the safety and the details of that SCCS ruling and final opinion. But we have concluded based on 
all the months of research and talking to experts that we are, we are loving nano. We're big nanoparticle fans. And I think a blend is wonderful, but mm-hmm. to truly fill in microporosities and, and spots of demineralization and voids, the nanoparticle does seem superior based on the research. Yeah, and to desensitize teeth, to make them look whiter, smoother, Mm -hmm. more reflectivity, and also just to give them what they need instead of putting in fluoride or or other other agents. There's there are other ingredients that Sensodyne uses. What is that? It's a potassium phosphate. It's a yeah. They they and it doesn't last because it doesn't stay integrated into the tooth structure. So um, there's white papers that are really very well done about sensitivity and it outperf- and nanohydroxyapatite really outperforming anything else on the available exactly. with exactly. sensitivity. So so many patients come in. This you know this isn't this isn't only for maintenance. This is for do you have sensitive teeth? Do you have root? sensitivity or root exposure, nanohydroxyapatite is wonderful for that. Do you want brighter, whiter teeth? It will make your teeth look and appear brighter and whiter because it is creating a smoother surface, as you mentioned, how the light reflects. But also there's a lot of parents that reach out to me saying, my daughter has a cavity that just started. You Mm -hmm. know, I want to arrest or try to remineralize. What's the best thing to do? And I will tell you, the best thing to use is a nano-based mm. product. It's where I see the most benefit and effect clinically yep. in my practice. And it's what the research and literature is supporting right. also. Yeah, The uptake is quicker. It's more effective. It, it blocks those little uh, lesions that are starting much quicker. So let's talk a little bit. We're going to talk more about this when we talk about the controversy over nano. But so we've talked that there are two categories. There's nano and micro. Micro essentially is a natural form. In other words, it's not synthetic because it's not being manufactured. It's just being ground up and then and then it's being put into different formulations in different ways. Again, we like this globular fluid form, hence the name Fluidi Nova, the name of the company. But but then there's the nano version and nano is synthetic only in that they take this natural ground up product and they actually make it much smaller. But there's more to it. And there's also a discussion about their size, which is what we just spoke of. But there's also the shape of the particle. That's really a lot of the big conversation is is the shape. And and we're going to get into that with safety coming up. But shape matters, source matters. You know, we, I I think what has happened is people have caught wind, particularly brands, that Mm -hmm. people want an alternative to fluoride. And so follow the money. So you're seeing a huge explosion in hydroxyapatite. However, I do think people are cutting corners because I will tell you, quality nanohydroxyapatite is pricey. It's quite pricey. And so to increase profit margins, it's easier to source it maybe from China or just, you know, other maybe not so reputable manufacturing facilities. And so we need to be asking, there needs to be more transparency among these brands. What are you using? Where is it from? What is the particle shape? What is the particle size? Mm-hmm. You know, how is it? What's the manufacturing process? And this is where the SCCS has stepped in. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to have to come from the consumer that you need to demand transparency. Right. When I email a company and they tell me proprietary rights, I mean, that's a red flag. They, we should not be 
keeping these things from consumers. And you and I, it drives us both nuts mm-hmm. when we go on a website to look for the ingredients and I have to spend 15 minutes finding where they've buried the ingredient list. You know, that should be front and center to the consumer. And so anyway, I just think that's my little rant on transparency. Right. And and where this controversy with nano, I think, is really coming from is that some people were using suboptimal nanoparticles. Delivery is very important when you're delivering this 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 substance. And we'll talk about that. Some companies do it much better than others. Some of them are patented. The delivery system, of course, you can't patent calcium, but you can you can or hydroxyapatite, but you can patent the delivery system and how it's presented to saliva or in toothpaste. And remember, hydroxyapatite is being used in many other products as well and has been for a long time. The medical profession uses it. It's used in dental implants and mm-hmm. you know bone growth stimulus, and and uh, it's it's an amazing product. It's been around for a long time. So we'll talk more about this. We kind of got into it a little bit. It's hard for us to contain ourselves and not get into it. But there will be, and, and again, by the time you've heard this, please throw us some questions as yes. we go to probably episode three and four. But we're going to talk about hydroxyapatite. Big picture. We've started doing that just by defining it. What is it? How does it? How do you? How do you see it? Is it micro? Is it nano? But there's more to talk about with the nano and micro discussion. Yeah. Again, so next time, we'll talk about more specifics of how they work and the differences is how they work, but also how it compares to fluoride. That will be our right. next, our next discussion, Doctor right. B. And then so in review, we we like hydroxyapatite. We're both crazy about it. It is huge yeah. news. I guess I, I want to, we have a friend that we both know, James, who I think was the first person to bring nano to the US. Is that right? Would you say? I mean, first the first brand that brought yeah. awareness to it at right, least. Right. Yeah. And that was, of course, Boca. Boca, which is yeah. now owned by a, a corporation. But kudos to that. And so that has, Boca has been out and we both have recommended Boca for probably what, four years now, three or four years? I use Boca, that's what I use. I think it's one of the best on the market currently, yes. Right, it's not perfect, but Mm -hmm. more on that later. And then Risewell came to market as well. Uh, We'll probably get messaging from Risewell saying they were the first or Boca, I'm not sure. But anyway, those are the two major brands. Everyone knows that, we've recommended it. And I just wanna say to them real quickly, thank you for bringing it to market. We need choices. No one's going to take on Crest and Colgate. They own the market. It's crap. It actually is bad for us. It causes uh, oral disease and systemic diseases. Uh, We're not going to get into that. You've heard us talk about it before. But it's great that options do exist and more options are coming. So it's wonderful. We want to educate you and let you know what these options are. So in review, we found that hydroxyapatite is natural. It's biomimetic. It's found in nature. It's found in our bodies. It's found in bone and teeth. In fact, it's one of the major components. It is the major component. It's been around for 40 years. It comes in different particle sizes. That's kind of where it gets complicated. And that's the only area that there is some controversy. But not all nanoparticles are the same. And we're going to talk about that. And then in the next episode, we're going to talk about how does it work? In other words, what is the mechanism? We're going to talk about critical pH. There's a certain pH that it works better in. We're going to talk about remineralization and demineralization, ionic integrity. Uh, that's kind of a new concept that we've been kind of bouncing around. Uh, that has to do with the 
the amount and type of minerals and the the I guess the vitality of saliva when it comes to mineral content and the availability of it. And then we're going to talk about whitening sensitivity. That's more about how it works. And then what is the therapeutic dose? And there is some controversy there. Unfortunately, a lot of of all the new brands that are coming into the market now are making some claims that I think are very unreasonable, very deceptive. And so we'll talk about that as well. That that science is pretty clear. So we're going to make it very simple for you. Anything else you want to add? Just that we'll unpack it compared to fluoride. I think it's a big question people have. They're worried about switching to it. And, you know, we've been conditioned to think we need fluoride. We need fluoride. We need fluoride. And we're going to talk to you about why we disagree with that. Exactly. Good stuff. Thanks for your interest in all of this. We will see you then. Thanks for listening to Ask the Dentist. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Mike Fry. Drop me a line at mark at askthedentist.com. If you have any comments or suggestions, I'd love to hear them. And if you liked this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app. Thanks for listening and especially for taking an interest in oral health. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.